This is Victoria Schnepps, publisher of Schnepps Media, your number one source of local news in the New York City region. And today I bring you Power Women, and I want you to feel the power of my interview with Eric Frontiero. Erica is an extraordinary woman, and you're going to be able to listen to her at schnepsbroadcasting.com and wherever podcasts are found. And now I welcome Erica Frontiero. Welcome, Erica. Thank you, Vicki. You're my wow woman. You know, we made you a woman of Wall Street power woman. But I know that in your position as director of the and head of capital markets for the Carlisle Global Credit Group, you are a very busy lady with a newborn baby and a child of four. Tell me about how how were you inspired to be who you are? Uh, Sure. No, thank you. I mean, first off, thank you just for the opportunity, um, both in in terms of the recognition as a a WOW um, recipient as well as uh, just the opportunity to talk to you today. I really appreciate it. I feel like I should be interviewing you. Your story is far more interesting than mine. Well, this is the fun of being in the news business. I get to do the the interviewing. Um, well, for me, I, I started. I grew up in uh, Gloucester, Massachusetts, which is a small you know, town on the ocean, just about thirty miles north of Boston, a, a small fishing town. I see a little bit of the accent, very little. <laughs> yeah, I try to pronounce my R's where I can. Um, but it, it's a, a community where you know, most people know each other and their families. If you found trouble, your parents probably knew about it before you got home. Mm. And. You know, I still have a, a connection to the place today. We spend uh, a lot of time in the summer there. It's a great place you know, to, to have the girls uh, have some opportunity. My, my girls have the opportunity to spend some time in as well. So, you know, for me, I think that was instrumental in my growing up, um, knowing that what you did was sort of felt by a lot of people. Um, but certainly over the years, I'd say I haven't had one particular person. There's probably a number of people who've influenced me. I kind of refer to it as my board of directors, um, and it's changed over the years, you know, people rolling on and off. You know, I got different things from different people and continue to, uh, whether it be family or friends or colleagues. And I think the, the most important thing is they're both men and women, which we can talk about later. You know, and that those relationships or my network has really been the key to my success, both personally and professionally, which we can also dive into. But if I look back and sort of say my childhood specifically, you know, my mom has probably been the most consistent member of the board of directors. Her work ethic and resourcefulness were really unmatched. She taught me that if you really wanted something and were willing to work hard and put the time in, it would happen. She's an accountant by trade, but got there through night classes, managing the work a full day, attend class, get dinner on the table every night, and then also make, you know, handmade costumes for Halloween or even bespoke prom dresses. You know, and, and if, if she didn't understand something, she wouldn't quit until she figured it out and she'd find a way to do something and, and not taking no for an answer. So Sounds like she, my kind of woman. <laughs> yes, yes, very strong. You know, so I certainly look at her. Um, you know, my grandfather was also a big influence on me. He was a fishing boat captain with a real big personality. And when he was home, we would spend a lot of time together. He had two cars. One was kind of a clunker that he drove back and forth to the wharf and it, it reeked of old fish. Um, and then a newer car that he was extremely proud of and he kept spotless. I hated the wharf car. It was broken <laughs> down. It was smelly. Um, and we drove around town doing his daily errands. Um, or if he dropped me off at school, I used to duck so no one would see me <laughs> right. riding in the car. And I, and I begged and begged and begged to be in the other car. And the more I begged and the more I ducked, the, the more we rode in the wharf car. 
uh, and he laughed. And, and he finally told me, you know, you don't get it, Erica. He said, this is the smell of hard work, and you should be proud of that. You know, it was a great lesson for me to learn in, in both work ethic and, and authenticity and, and confidence. And, and I think, you know, both he and my mom instilled a confidence in me that I could have the power really to do anything by applying myself, being confident, hardworking, and resourceful. And so those are things I think, you know, from my formative childhood that, that I, I look back and say those were instrumental for me. Um, you know, I've certainly over the years, I have had a number of colleagues or, or managers that have influenced me and, you know, have chosen to work on a project or work with particular people uh, that I could learn from. And, you know, I also grew up playing sports where practice and training What were, kind of sport did you play? Really important. I played field hockey, softball. Oh and a little bit of tennis, and I also did some cheerleading in between, but my, my core sport really was field hockey, and I think... What um, position did you play? I was actually a goalie. Oh, so a goalie is a goalie is a goalie. Everybody depends upon you. Yeah, there was a lot of geometry involved, so um, I figured that out quickly, where you could uh, kind of step away from the net and look around and, you know, kind of see the angles on people. I also, I was small, but I was pretty flexible, so for a goalie, I was kind of fairly quick, but initially, they, they tried to put me as a forward because they thought I was small and quick and realized I was pretty slow, so they uh. me in the back, which was great, but I, I, I really did like the position a lot, um, and we were state champions, and, you know, it's a great story, and, and I think there you learn a lot just of being on a team and just the discipline of practice and training that I think is just so important. I think incredibly beneficial, especially for, for girls. Well, I think, you know, people don't realize the power of sport in growing up, that it's not just about winning. It's also the whole teamship and the working and the ethic of uh, having to show up. And I think yep. that's, uh, you know, to me, I often say to my staff, the most important thing you can do is to show up. And I think even as a young kid on the team, how critical it was. Without the goalie, there was no team. Well, I will tell you, you know, it's so, so funny that you say that. In my house, we have a print on the wall that says, get up, dress up, show up. And I really think it's just something that is great advice. You get up, get moving, no matter how you feel. Get dressed up. So, you know, take yourself up and, and put some clothes on and get out the door and show up and be there. But it's really I funny. Love that. I, I love that. I love that. Yes, absolutely. So tell me from your wonderful childhood and, you know, I, the shores of Massachusetts, how did you get to be where you are today? And what are you doing as the head of capital markets for the Carlisle Global Group? Sure. Um, you know, if I'm, I'm honest, I didn't know that much about finance when I decided to, to get into it. I, I was, you know, I'm obviously competitive by nature. And so I was evaluating different opportunities out of college. And I saw finance as a dynamic and complex industry full of people that I deemed to be smart and successful, and I wanted to test myself among them. And so it was perhaps maybe a simplistic decision at the time, but it has created a number of great opportunities for me. I mean, it certainly has given me the chance to learn the technicals of capital markets, work with a variety of companies in a, in a range of industries, understand how a company is capitalized, some of their basic keys to success or, or things that could potentially go wrong. And it's also been a good platform for me to give back to the community in a meaningful way. You know, I'm a volunteer and board member with Dress for Success and yes. there's a number of other um, you know, entities within the community that I've been able to support through my work you know, in finance and through the financial stability that that, that finance But wait a second. Me. Tell me what you actually do there. Sure. It's a very I, um, impressive organization. 
It is great. And Carlyle is, is a, a global group. It is a $220 billion global investment firm. A little um, piece like that. <laughs> we are most known for our private equity investments. So we um, will oftentimes partner with entrepreneurs and, and help them to uh, grow their businesses through investment. I specifically work on our credit team, which is helping some other financial sponsors, our direct borrowers, or direct entrepreneurs to finance their business through direct investment. We do deals ranging in sizes of $50 million to over a billion dollars. And I specifically will utilize relationships I have to both source those opportunities in the marketplace, learn about the current trends in the market, make sure the firm is on top of those. And well, current trends, are we okay with the economy with all this crazy talk of recession? <laughs> all the we, all the actual specific indicators seem to point so far yes, and I think they're only getting better. I mean, the equity markets were up, and I think all of it's been pointing to you know sort of uh, the indication that people believe the negotiations will go okay for now with China and others. So I, I think you know as as we, if we look at all of those leading indicators, the answer is so far yes. Well, I think, you know, it's a critical thing that people have confidence in the economy. So I'm glad to hear that. So I know that your work is obviously very important to you, but I see how you've taken time out to not only be on the board of directors of Dress Success, but there's been a program at the 92nd Street Y, Women in Power. Could you talk about that a little? Sure. So Women in Power was, um, I, were part of, I was part of the inaugural class. It is a great program uh, that the 92nd Street Y has offered through the Balfour, um, their Balfour group. And it is a opportunity for both public and private sector women to meet of a certain level, usually rising C-suite women, a program that people can apply for. And it's usually a group of anywhere from 15 to 20 women who are paired up with mentors as well as seasoned mentors from different a variety of different industries to get the opportunity to network with those mentors as well as network with each other. There's also core content for things like unconscious bias training or other relevant workplace information and, and topical discussions. There's things on leadership development, et cetera, that you meet throughout the year um, and, and each of those various components. So is it and a multi-year program, a multi-month, a multi, what is the, uh, the boundaries of it? So it's an annual program where people apply and then are active in that class for a year through uh, program content, on usually on a monthly basis, and then there'll be a new program that comes in. There's often events where alumni can get together with the new classes um, on an annual basis as well. And then, of course, our group and cohort continues to be connected you know, digitally wherever we are. What I think was really interesting is you took a group of women who were rising C-suite at the time, and over half of us had new jobs by the end of the year. So what it really did was gave us the confidence to talk about some of the things that were on our minds personally and professionally and then go ahead and make change, which I think is pretty powerful. It certainly is. So actually you personally changed what you were doing because of that impact of that program at the 92nd Street Y. Is that right? I did. It was, uh, for me, a bit timing, too. So I left a company called Antares Capital, which was a spin-out from GE Capital, and I was you know, sort of at this crossroads, had been with the organization collectively for you know over 10 years, and felt it was time to make the change. But it's, it's tough to make change, especially when you're comfortable and you're in a good position in your career and you've worked your way there for a long time. And what the program really did for me is got, allowed me to see that opportunity to say it was time to make the leap. And the opportunity with Carlisle had presented itself, and, and so here I am. 
Wow. You know, I think it's an inspiration for many women, what you just shared with us, that not to be afraid to leap when you need to leap. And sometimes, you know, it does take courage. What kind of um, just little tips and ideas that you can give other women to become as successful as you? Secrets of your success. Yeah, sure. You know, I'd say be visible internally and externally. Make sure people know who you are. And be sure that you understand the goals and the success metrics of the teams that you are a part of on you know, kind of a macro level. So how is the business or the company successful? How do they describe that success? And then how can you measurably kind of affect those goals on a micro level? So how can you directly impact those bigger goals yourself? And your ability to make a quantifiable positive impact on those goals are incredibly valuable to any organization. You know, and you can use a similar approach even just to building your own network, which, again, I started to talk about, but my network has been incredibly important to me. But I think you can use that approach to building a network by maintaining a sense of reciprocity. So kind of work to try to understand what's in a given situation for another person, what their goals or success metrics are, and how you can help them. You know, I refer to that as the favor bank, and I try to make sure that it has... I love that expression, favor bank. (laughs) Just talk a little bit about that for a minute. Sure. I try to make sure it's something that has kind of more credits than debits. You know, I'm, I'm putting in um, more things for others than I'm taking. It can be something as simple as editing resumes for friends of friends or children of friends or providing restaurant and hotel recommendations for colleagues. You never know when, when you might need something from someone, and it's far easier to you know, to, to make an ask when you already have some capital built up. I so, love it. I yeah. love it. Uh, the favor bank. I've got to write that down. That's a great thing for us to share with other people. And share a little bit also about, I know you are a workout person like I am. Share what that means to you every day. Sure. For me, especially these days, I have non-negotiables in the day that are important to take care of me. And I you know, took a step back, particularly something that happened a little bit later in my career where I realized I had to strategically pick what I was doing. Sometimes my curiosity gets the better of me and I say yes to too many things. And so I've been sort of trying to, to work on saying no strategically and, and pushing my energy in certain places. So I put non-negotiables on my calendar. You know, One of those things every morning is an hour workout. And that's a variety of different things each day. But that hour for me is something that I have to do, something I need to do to start my day. I'm better for it. And it's really about the mental, you know, sort of release that I get from that workout, knowing that that's my hour. And I really recommend it, particularly to moms, because it, it, the days that I, for some reason, it hasn't happened, you know, traveling or something's off in the schedule, there's a difference. There's a difference in me and how I approach things and, and my responsiveness to things. So I, I really recommend, whether it's you know, physical exercise or whatever it is that is the release and that, that charges you up and fuels you up, make the point to, to make it a non-negotiable in your calendar. Well, it's the endorphins that you make go and happen. And I think every woman should uh, be taking care of herself because I believe that when you take care of yourself, you can take care of others. That's, yeah, very well said. Yep. Well, I thank you so much, Erica. We've been talking with Erica Frontiero, who is the head of capital markets at the Carlisle Global Credit Group. Thank you so much for your time. This has been Victoria Schneps, publisher of Schneps Media, your number one source of local news in the New York City region. See you next time. Bye. (music) 